Blog Talk Radio. Fourth of July. This is your producer of the Eastern Airlines Radio Show, and thanks for listening today and being part of the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We have a special show for you today, July 4th, 2019, and we hope you're enjoying your day and remember how this great country gained its freedom. For those men and women who fought and died for its freedom, and those that crafted from their hearts and lives, the most perfect nation. Before we hear Eastern voices from the past, which I researched from Captain Jerry Frost's CD, uh, we'll have just a little bit of Fourth of July celebration here. So bear with me, and here we go. For me, uh, looking into your eyes this morning is like looking into a mirror. A mirror that takes me back 26 years, back to a hot, muggy day in 1969 at the Federal Building in Atlanta, Georgia. And in that mirror of your eyes, I see my own eyes. Eyes focused on a solitary flag as I pledged allegiance to my new country. What a wonderful place for it to happen for these General Colin Powell. new Americans assembled before us at Monticello, Little Mountain, a place forever known as the beloved home of the man who captured in words better than anyone before or since the essence of what makes America special. We are all lucky, the old Sam citizens Watson, in what we got for free, and you, the new ones, in knowing what it's worth. We have a lot to tell one another. Congratulations. Bravo. Yay. When you raise your hands to take the oath, you will complete an incredible journey. President Bush. A journey has taken you from many different countries, now made you one people. And I will be honored to call you a fellow American. You become citizens today in the shadow of profound greatness. Now it is your turn to become heirs to this dream and to do your part in seeking that more perfect and just union. The people of the United States, thank you, thank you, judges, thank you, my friend. The United States has provided a lot for me, and I'm honored to be here today. It took me 28 years to get naturalized, but... I'm finally an American citizen, and I can say one thing for sure, that throughout the whole time, 
that I was outside the United States. Um, this has always been my home. I think the hallowed grounds of Thomas Jefferson. How lucky are you? Hey. So not only can you think of your individual experience to compare with mine, but you also will not forget that you receive your citizenship here at Monticello. and all, yes, 4th of July. What a wonderful day. As the editor of the retired Eastern Pilots Association's magazine repartee for four years, I had the pleasure, along with the help of my best friend, the late Admiral John Engel, who also was with Eastern about 40 years, and we received these beautiful stories and memories from the retired pilots and editing to be included in the issues of these wonderful magazines published three times a year. For the July 4th radio show's Thursday broadcast from the Eastern Files, which we normally do on this alternating Thursday at this time, I did exactly that. I looked up through the well-done CD uh, that uh, Captain Jerry Frost had put together of all the issues over 40-plus years and did a search for July 4th, just using those words, July 4th. This is what was decided to be presented on this day. If you have time in your celebration of America's birthday, I welcome you to come uh, to some of the Eastern pilots talking about July 4th. Let's start first with Captain E.R. Dowling at the time 
living in Panama City, retired. And uh, he, he, he says, Dear Gene, Dr. Charles F. Stanley, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, says the following, along with several great preachers in this nation, has shown away the rule book, has thrown away the rule book separating church and state, and gone to his pulpit while it is still free to tell the American people the truth about the dangerous and tragic conditions we are in, who is causing it, and what we must do to remain free. About four months ago, he delivered a message, Stand Up, America, which was so tremendous that if it is heard by all Americans, we would have a revolution today. Last Sunday, he delivered another chilling message entitled, The Rise and Fall of America. Every red-blooded American should hear these two messages. They will steer your soul and undoubtedly make us ashamed that we have done so little or perhaps nothing to seek the truth and do something about it. In the latter message, he tells about in June of 1970 or 1776, the delegates that are in session in Philadelphia trying to decide the course of this nation. All are intelligent, educated statesmen, landowners, successful businessmen who have been promised security and comfort by the King of England if they vote against independence and remain subjects or slaves of England. The arguing and bickering went on for days. The Declaration of Independence was at stake, and it didn't look good. On July 1st, the delegates from Philadelphia delivered a tremendous speech against independence. For a short time, everyone was quiet. John Adams had been sitting calmly for hours, not saying a word, quietly walked up to the podium asked permission to speak, and this is what he said. Before God, I believe the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my heart is in it. All that I hear, all that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope to be in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it and leave off as I began, that live or die, survive or perish, it is my living sentiment. Independence now and independence forever. And the die was cast on July 4th. The final vote was taken. Every delegate voted with John Adams. A new nation was born. I wonder if we have any John Adams in our nation today. Oh, Lord, says Captain Dowling, I wonder. I pray, Lord, but I wonder. That was from Captain E.R. Dowling. Another message from uh, Neil Mangold, Mangold that was written on July 4th, I found, in the uh, magazine Repartee. This is just a short little sentence. We still have our Piper J3 Cub, and on July 4th, Nell, his wife, and I flew from Nassau, New Hampshire, to Bradford, Pennsylvania, 
uh, stopping at Pittsfield, Binghamton, and Cherry Springs for gas. This is a great way to see the country, and it always brings to mind that old song, This Land Was Made for You and Me. Donald Mack of Flanders, New Jersey, another Eastern captain, says, Dear Milt, I'm beginning to lack in seniority as of this day, 6582. I only have 22 days left of it. What a great way it was to make a living flying with Easter. Plans? Well, July 4th week at my daughter's and in New Hampshire to enjoy her and her husband and my only grandchild. He's a year old now, so I guess it's time to start breaking him in as my new tennis doubles partner. Then home to my apartment and play tennis every day that I can, as it keeps me in good physical shape. In the fall, we will drive Nancy's youngest daughter to Tuscaloosa to start college. They swing through Atlanta, over to Hilton Head, then up through Kitty Hawk, Jamestown, and Williamsburg. What historic places that he mentions in his letter. How much time depends on how much time my gal, who is an RN, registered nurse, can get off from the hospital. We'll do a couple of days a week and volunteer work at the hospital, and I reckon some adjusted courses in the fall to keep the mind active. Sincerely, Don Mack. Another one is from Henry Trumbauer, who wrote, Since retiring in May of 1982, we've been traveling in our motor home in the summer months. A highlight of our trip last year occurred over the July 4th holiday at Montrose, Colorado. Over 50 balloonists ascended in less than 25 minutes. What a beautiful sight. Oh, yes, the salmon fishing off the Oregon coast was great, too. Now, Art Nelson, one of my favorite captains to fly with from College Park, Georgia, wrote, My birthday, July 4th. He was born on July 4th. Mark the big 70 for me. Can't believe it. Beth and I are both in good health and stay on the go. I still play golf three or four times a week, and we go to several tournaments a year. It is a good life. Glad I can be part of this fine organization known as REPA. Sincerely, Art Nelson. Now, my best friend, John Engel of Jacksonville, Florida, wrote the following. Congratulations to Gibb and Dot Guren for staging that huge Atlanta convention so beautifully and setting new attendance records, uh, records despite the absence of certain key Miami area members still in the throes of Hurricane Andrew's devastation. REPA's continued steady growth in membership is one of the few heartwarming things about Eastern's dissolution. I hated to miss the final banquet, but a World War II Navy's ship's sixth biannual reunion at Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, conflicted with this. By the way, John Engel was a retired uh, admiral in the Navy, and he was the commander of the ship that, that was being celebrated. celebrated. He says, uh, he goes on to say, another of Rudy Waddles, uh, Captain Rudy Waddles, fascinating cruises took Betty and me from Montreal to New York City via the St. Lawrence and Maritime Provinces and wound up July 4th, anchored near the Statue of Liberty and adjacent to the Queen Elizabeth II with a spectacular view 
of the World Tall Ship Parade. Now, this is from Bill Pappy, Captain Bill Pappy, living up in Gainesville, Georgia. Our American airline friends and a TWA retired couple joined us at a table for six, and many good meals and days were spent together. We returned in June to the summer's endless heat and drought. We did get away in the Bonanza, he had a Bonanza, to a friend's beach house in Florida for a few days over July 4th. The Bonanza also carried me along with two more guys to a quick three days of looking, feeling, and touching airplanes at Oshkosh. I bumped into Fred Garcia in the Mattituck engine demonstration shed at Oshkosh and had a long talk. There were many familiar names and signs in the airline tent of Eastern folks. Chuck Henry of Fort Collins, Colorado, retired, says, June and I were not able to make the REPA convention in Washington, D.C. this year. We returned from the Holiday Bowl in San Diego in early January. A couple of days later, June had a stroke and spent a week in the hospital and three months in home therapy. She's doing well now, but has a loss of words when she talks. On July 4th, 1995, my son paid for me to have an hour ride in a B-17. It was great fun to ride in a real piston-driven airplane. My first, as the Marines never had one to fly. It is one of nine B-17s still flying in the world. They also had a B-24 here in Fort Collins. It is the only one flying in the world. The two planes belong to the New England Foundation and are touring the USA. I'm doing well. Just had an annual physical. The doctors gave me a thumbs up. Keep up the great work. I look forward to each issue of Repartee. Now, Tony Zabrowski of Greensboro, Pennsylvania, says, I know not where I might be come February 2nd, my birthday anniversary. I'm faced with major radical throat surgery with no success guaranteed beyond the 50% range and of common interest to all out there enjoying good health. I would like to tell you that I have not smoked or used tobacco in any form since July 4th, 1963. I, however, must admit that I have abused the moderation habit just a little bit, which I am now told may be a contributing fact to my present crisis. In summing philosophically, I consider myself a lucky bloke, having spent 13 years in the Army Air Corps, Air Force as a major officer, command pilot, and survived two wars. Blah, 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 he goes on to say. Gene Dangerfield of Everglades City, Florida, says, The years keep speeding up, and I have passed V1, that's the speed that pilots look for going down the runway, and now I'm looking forward to VR, that's the speed at which pilots rotate the aircraft for flight. I hope there is enough runway ahead to accomplish all of the plans and projects that are on the performance card. Betty and I are still traveling in our motor coach, Double D, as we call it. This year, we will be traveling the East Coast since we have not done it in a few years. Betty has always wanted to go to the July 4th concert on the Greens by the Boston Pops. We will be going. 
Now, Jim Holder, contributing editor for REPA, did an interview with Captain Paul Kelly, chief pilot of Atlanta. And one of the questions Jim asked Paul was this. Jim, the war ended while you were at Wheelis Air Force Base. Is that right? Paul responds, yeah. And everybody got to go home according to their points. But I didn't have a lot of points. When everybody went home, the base went down from 1,000 people to 11 enlisted men, and each one of us had about 10 to 15 jobs to do. I finally came home on July 4th. I got out of the Army, Independence Day. That might mean one thing to you, but it means something else to me. Now, this next one was an interview I did with uh, a, uh, a wonderful guy, uh, Hap Sladen, and it starts it like this. It all began on a hot summer day on July 4th in Nashville, Tennessee, when Roscoe Turner, famed racing pilot, was in an aviation parade down Broad Street. The parade was celebrating the opening of the new Berry Field Airport. Hap was waiting on the parade route and saw Turner's Cadillac with the top down. Roscoe was dressed as usual with the beige whipcord breeches, black shiny riding boots. Hap climbed, climbed on the running board and, and told Colonel Turner, Turner that he was his hero and he too was going to become an airline pilot. Turner invited Hap to the Sunday air show for a Lockheed Air Express flight. In 1942, Paul Sladen, Hap's brother, was instructing Air Force cadets at Augusta, Georgia, in the BT-13 trainers. Paul invited Hap to come and live with him where he would teach Hap how to fly. Paul brought, bought a, an airplane for this purpose and gave him the same lessons he was giving the cadets except aerobatics. Hap was an average student who made few mistakes. Finally, he came in for a landing and bounced high as a kite. He put the throttles forward, leveled out, and came in for a perfect three-port landing. Paul knew he could handle an unusual situation, so he asked him to taxi over to the side of the runway. Paul got out of the plane. Hap thought Paul was going to fuss at him, but Instead, he said, Hap, you have shown me that you can handle it. So take her up alone and make three landings and return. Hap's face turned to sunshine, and he had a great time. They continued further training together until he had his private license, his commercial license, and his instructor rating. About this time, Mr. Ralph Greenwood started a flight school at Bennettsville, South Carolina and asked Paul if he knew any pilots he, would, he could hire. Paul told him that his brother had all the ratings necessary with excellent skills, but he must promise not to ask him his age, because Hap was an honest young man, and that he might not hire him if he told him the truth. Hap was hired and went to Bennettsville, where he instructed for about a year. He then joined the Air Force and was commissioned and rated a military pilot in the Air Transport Command Ferrying Division. He signed on flying 
the Clipwing Martin B-26 from the factory in Baltimore to Wichita, Kansas. For an update and modifications, he would pick up a completed airplane and ferry it to Dallas, Texas, then deliver another airplane to Wilmington, Delaware, where other pilots flew them across the ocean. The airplane was so tricky that it earned his description, one a day in Tampa Bay. Hap had no difficulty with this airplane. Now, that's all the stories that I came up with, and and, uh, not all about uh, celebrating July 4th, but just uh, human stories from those dedicated, most, uh, as far as I know, of the pilots presented here today are no longer with us, but their great love for this country, family, and Eastern Airlines is the reason we still talk about our great country and the company we worked for. Just as America the Beautiful is remembered each year, along with the days we set aside for remembering our veterans, our flag, and those that died for our freedom, we count it a blessing to have worked for a company that gave us so much pride in how she carried herself to the public and to the men and women of Eastern. I have a guest today that I'd like to introduce, and he needs no introduction. He's been on the show as a host, and I see we have another uh, one of our hosts listening, and perhaps they will add a comment or two and, and uh, on this July 4th. But I, I've invited Captain Frost to tell us about the CD that uh, I researched. And uh, I researched 8,000-some-odd pages uh, on that CD, and and Jerry, uh, you're to be commended for putting out such a beautiful piece of work, because the magazines themselves were works of art, as far as I'm concerned, even to the little uh, all-capped sentence paragraphs of the early issues. I guess the editor at the time thought that if you are 60 or older, you couldn't read normal fonts in a paragraph. So everything was capitalized, and uh, that changed. Jerry, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Neil. Uh, Hello, everybody out there. Uh, Yes, uh, there was an undertaking uh, a few years ago. Uh, obviously, I had a lot of time to spare, but I'm glad it's all over, and, and uh, it's it's so nice to be able to uh, go through the pages digitally uh, with the magazines, and the way I set it up is that I include a uh, search program so that one can go in and search on a name, a date, a place, and it will scan all of those 8,000-some-odd pages and uh highlight anywhere that name, date, or whatever is uh, shown. You can click on it, and uh, immediately you can read. So uh, uh, that was included in the disc. What I did after I digitized uh, all of the magazines, which included all of the newsletters uh, dating back to uh, 1972, uh, is to, uh, of course, scan them and uh, put them in a, uh, a PDF format, and uh, uh, for those that are computer savvy knows what that is. It's just a, uh, uh, a format that uh, you can uh, read pages and so forth. There are just hundreds of those type files out there on the Internet. But anyway, it includes a, uh, 
the Adobe Reader so that you can uh, do the scanning. Uh, let's see. I've, uh, at the time, we uh, had press, oh, I think a 1,000 copies. Uh, and uh, since then, we're down to about 50. And I do have uh, those remaining for anybody that would like a copy. Uh, I've decided, you know, over the costs uh, and everything, that the disc would go for $25. And I'd have to charge, uh, I figure, about $4.95 because I would ship it out uh, priority mail to you. So for uh, just under uh, $30, bucks, uh, you could have this uh, disc. And uh, uh, basically, you would insert it in your uh, computer uh, DVD drive, or what they call the DVD-ROM drive. And that's the drive that you'd normally play movies and so forth. Uh, a, a small program will load into your computer. And when you run it, uh, uh, you can now go in and uh, search the magazines. You can uh, look at all the covers and then go into each one. You can search and so forth. And uh, happily, it also includes uh, digitized uh, Neil's uh, book, The Best of Repartee, uh, that uh, he and uh, uh, John Engel put together. And I believe that book is out of print, Neil, so at least people can reread it uh, at their heart's content on, on this disc. Now, the, uh, the other option that we're hoping to do uh, is our website, repaonline.com. Um, hoping that we can take all of these magazines, uh, newsletters, and put them online so that uh, uh, you can go on and, and click on a magazine. It would open up, and you can thumb through all of those pages. And so that will that's coming in the future, I hope, after we've had uh, a meeting with our board of directors with uh, REPA. And if they approve it, uh, I'll get with our uh, webmaster, and uh, it'll be done. So that's basically it, Neil. Uh, again, if somebody would like a, a remaining copy, uh, the address uh, to send to, and you would make it out to uh, uh, the checkout to REPA, would be REPA at 1802 Haven Circle. That's Haven, H-A-V-E-N, Circle, Douglasville, Georgia, 30135. And uh, I will put it in a uh, priority box and send it uh, right back to you. So that's it, Neil, unless you have any questions. Well, Jerry, you've got such a great voice. Uh, is there any chance that we might do an <laughs> audio of all those magazines? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> well, I don't have Alexander, that much time to spare. <laughs> Alexander Scorby did an audio of the Bible, both Old and New Testament. So. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I was talking to a neighbor of ours. Uh, she wrote a uh, uh, extensive book, uh, and uh, she was over yesterday. And I said, you know, you ought to make an audio book. Sit down and read that thing. And I, I think it's like 600 pages. And she sort of balked at it. But I, I might be able to talk her into it. But at least she'll be doing the reading, not me. <laughs> well, you know, uh, with such a wonderful writers as as Jim Holder, he, I see he's He's hanging out uh, here on the board, so I'm going to ask him to talk just a minute. But with uh, the great writing of Bill Malone and uh, uh, so many of our editors that wrote, uh, Rollo Owens, that wrote great stories, wonderful stories. Uh, Bradley, I can't think of Bradley's first name, Tom Bradley. 
and uh, wonderful stories that I have used over the years. And uh, golly, if I hadn't had the uh, the CD, especially the CD, because I lost uh, most all the magazines when I turned them over uh, to uh, the museum there in Atlanta, which I don't know whatever happened to them from that point, because I don't think the museum is operational anymore. But the stories that uh, I was able able to garner out of out of those wonderful editions and seeing the pictures and uh, Bill Malone's favorite pinups uh, like he did uh, at the end of uh, each magazine that he did. He liked Betty Grable and Rita Hayworth and and uh, just wonderful stuff there. And wow, that's a good bargain, Jerry. Twenty five bucks plus five bucks for shipping and handling uh and and there are only 50 of them left so uh i I definitely want to get a copy i've got a couple left myself just as i have a couple of my book uh, that john and i uh, put together with uh, the stories we thought were just uh, fascinating from the repartee so, uh, hey, Jim Holder, are you standing by? Can you say a word or two if you had your word? Yes, uh, yes, Neil, I am. And uh, this is my first time to call in on your Thursday afternoon shows. I guess I should have been a little bit more active there. But uh, I'm certainly glad to be here this afternoon, 4th of July, 2019. And I want to compliment you on that list of, uh, I guess those were mailbags that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah. And uh, we've had some great, great mailbags uh, in the magazines over the years. And I particularly like that one by one of my favorite captains. I know he's one of your favorite captains, Art Nelson. And, yes, you know, sir. Art uh, is Pie Stone and his wife died here a few months ago. But he was he's one of the guys, when you fly with him, you say, this is what I want to be when I grow up, and when yeah. I get to be the captain. You know, he was just uh, just excellent in every way and one of my favorites. Uh, also, I want to tell Jerry Frost that uh, somehow I've managed to not order one of those CDs of yours and $25, and I've got an envelope with your name on it. There's going to be a check in it and a request that you send me that CD, and it'll be mailed tomorrow. How do you like that? I, I want to well, get that CD. <laughs> well, I have it all ready for you, Jim. Okay, okay. Uh well, Neil, uh, your your introduction to the, the I think I got in just in time to hear you start. Uh, there was music and the uh, gunfire and all that, the fireworks, rather. And you did a fine job of analyzing what repartee has been over the years, especially the earlier part. And, you know, repartee is going to change. Uh, we don't really know exactly what it's going to be. The board... Uh, be meeting here sometimes, uh, probably maybe in September, I don't know, and we're going to discuss what it's going to be. Uh, as you know, I stepped down as editor after 16 years and 27 magazines and 10 rosters, I think, and it's uh, just time for someone else to come in and take over as a repartee editor. I'm remaining uh, as webmaster uh, and uh, the uh, I have my eastern Airlines EAL info list, and I send out messages to mostly lately. It seems to have been people who have passed away. 
but that's just the way it is uh, at the age of our group and everything. But I think Jerry's done an excellent job, and you've done an excellent job, and I'm glad I'm here able to tell the audience uh, that I agree with them, that it is, has been. Well, Jim uh, and Jerry, this is not normally a talk show. I've had the pleasure of reading files that I call Eastern Files because it's bits and pieces of history of Eastern that I enjoy talking about every other Thursday. And as you know, we do old-time radio uh, in the alternating Thursday. Uh, Next Thursday, we'll be doing old-time radio with Don Gagnon and myself, choosing a, um, a category of music that we play. And it usually uh, is accompanied by history of Eastern Airlines at the time this music was played. So we have fun in doing that. Again, it's not a talk in, a call-in talk show. But, uh, you know, just as, uh, I guess, writers that have interviewed our veterans from the Civil War, the World War One and World War Two, and and the wars uh, after. Uh, it's great to have recorded uh, what they talked about and what they experienced in places like uh, Omaha Beach and Normandy and other uh, Pork Chop Hill and so forth. And you know, in a sense, this is what uh, the magazine that um, is the Retired Eastern Pilots Association's official magazine has done since 19, I believe it was started in 1978, but then again, I want to say 72. Do either one of you know uh, the date? I, I thought I it was... Think, I think it's 72. 72, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, the, yeah, the first magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was Yeah, it was 1972, but th- uh, those were the... Uh, uh, newsletters, and then yeah. I'll have to check when the first real magazine came out, you know, with a nice cover and so forth. Uh, at the beginning, they were all in black and white, the covers were. Yeah. And then uh, when Neil took over, when you took over, Neil, then uh, we got some nice color, and then, of course, Jim carried on with that. Well, it, it is uh, recording history in a way. Uh, one side, and that's from the pilot's point of view, and also wonderful stories in there about flight attendants and even pilots' wives like uh, uh, the Glamour Gals in, in World War II, which was a story that Bill Malone did of Jim Talton's wife, uh, Helen, and mm-hmm. uh, great stories like that. And uh, so it's a, it's really a great, uh, if you could get that CD from Jerry, uh, believe me, I think you really would enjoy it. And I hope someday he does get it online. It's going to be a hard job to do all of that, Jerry, to put it on the Internet, all of that material. Well, that's for sure, but at least we have a webmaster. He'll be doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But thank it's you. really not it, – yeah, it's it's not that uh, hard to do really for, for him to do it because we have them all digitized. And uh, I, I believe – well, I know there is uh, Internet software – uh, that's uh, the engine that allows the person to f- flip through all of the pages. In fact, uh, I think they have uh, techniques now that you can actually read the magazine as a real magazine because when you wow. flip pages, you actually see the pages flip, you know, 
and you go like the other one, reader, you can hear yeah. you can even hear the page flip or the oh, sound man. of it, which is neat. And you can flip back and forth between pages, and uh, uh, it's quite something. The technology that we have today. So that's something yeah. I hope we can include uh, uh, if and when we can get it on Reap Online. Yeah, well, well you know we've got a, our our excellent IT guy Richard Nichols. Uh, he's uh, going to be a big help to doing all of that to us for us also. Good. Richard, he's a sure enough computer expert. Yeah. Very good. Well, great, uh, and uh, we hope uh, you guys will listen in again uh, on Thursdays. Uh, we do this every Thursday at three thirty. This is a seventieth episode that we've done of the Eastern Files. We've featured uh, a lot of uh, Eastern captains, Dick Merrill, uh, Gene Brown, Slim Babbitt. Oh, we've done a number of these uh, pilots that uh, were very popular uh, during their time with Eastern Airlines and after also. So it's been fun doing this, this, and uh, we hope to continue it uh, until we can't do it anymore. But... At any rate, yeah. keeping our Eastern family informed is the greatest importance of this radio show, which, by the way, is respond is uh, sponsored by the Retired Eastern Pilots Association and uh, others that uh, send in their no- donations. Thank you so much. Join us on Thursdays, every other Thursday, when we broadcast what we call today from the Eastern Files, and then on the other Thursdays, Old Time Radio. Uh, if you have a story or memory you would like to share with our Eastern family, uh, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear that story. And the Eastern Radio Show would like to broadcast it during one of our shows. Either you sharing your memory live during a broadcast or send it to us and we'll broadcast your story on the air. You can send your request to host at com. That's host at EALradioshow.com, and we'll tell you what you need to do to have it heard on the show. We love these stories, just like uh, we loved uh, as editors and uh, members of REPA, enjoying the memories of those pilots that retired and shared their life stories that some of them you heard today. So until then... We sign off, as we do with each broadcast, by saying goodbye, Eastern family. We love you, Eastern. And this song, which I think you'll really enjoy, this particular version of God Bless America.